You're listening to a Thorn Creek Weekend Message Podcast. For more audio content and other resources, visit thorncreek.church messages. Well, hello church. Good to see everyone today. So glad you are here. Oh my goodness, that was amazing, wasn't it, guys? Praising the Lord. There is nothing better you can do than praise God. Uh, Father God, we humble ourselves before you. We thank you, Lord. You are so good. You are the God who heals. You are the God who provides. You are the God who does miracles. You are the God who sees all. And you are Lord. You're Lord of everything. You're Lord of every illness. <laughs> and Lord, we turn to you now. Have your way here. Speak to us through your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Um, I was crying over there worshiping, guys. Just, uh, you know, I, I love worshiping God. Somehow it puts everything in perspective, doesn't it? When you worship God, you tell God, God, my hope is in you. It's the, it's the, it's the creation worshiping the creator, isn't it? It's the one who says, God, you were great, and we need you, God, more than anything else. So, well, happy 4th of July weekend. Um, I am so grateful to our military families, past and present, those who stayed, those deployed, those who, uh, who have retired, all of those who have served in all the branches. So grateful for them. I want you to know your church has been very, very busy during this uh, season of COVID-19. Um, I wanna say also welcome to those who are online. I, I wanna make sure I say that. I wanna say hello, thank you for coming, thank you for joining us online. Pray you hear a special word from the Lord here. Um, but during this season of COVID-19, Food for Hope has been running every single week and we're feeding over a thousand people every single week during this whole season. Um, the other thing is Thorn Creek Church has helped out nine families so far this season, giving them finances to help them out in the gap and, and, and helping them with groceries or whatever they might need. We also sent money to a Christian campground that we go to every summer called Golden Bell Campground. So I want you to know we are giving. And when you give at Thorn Creek Church, your money goes uh, to, to operating the church, certainly, but we also use it to love on others. So please continue to give, continue to honor God with your finances. It matters so so much. Incidentally, all that money that has gone to Prevail Families, zero dollars has come out of our Prevail Capital Campaign program. So I just wanted you to know that zero dollars. God has been providing. People have said, hey, I want to give and I want my money to go to the COVID-19 budget and that's where it's gone. So it's enabled us to continue to do ministry and, and serve God and, uh, and not touch that capital campaign. So thank you so much. Um, the purpose, uh, Billy Graham said, the purpose of this Christian society called the church is first to glorify God by our worship. We do not go to church just to hear a sermon. We go to church to worship God. Isn't that good? We go to church to worship God. I did not have time to blow my nose. Can somebody get me a Kleenex over here? Can you guys grab me a Kleenex? I was over there crying while I was over there. No, thank you, Pastor Kenny. I appreciate it. I just, let me turn off my mic so you don't hear me blow my nose. When you're, when you're uh, worshiping, just start crying. Anybody else do that? 
<clears throat> any man want to admit you cry when you worship? And there you go. I, I love it. We have secure men in this church. That's a beautiful thing. Um, <clears throat> that's going to bother me right there. <laughs> I'll pick it up later. I'll pick it up. Trust me. I'll pick it up. I'll remember just sitting there like a sore thumb. Um, <clears throat> the title of today's message, I want to just stop right here. Billy Graham, what he says, it's, it's both. It's hearing the word of God, but it's also worshiping. And both are so, so powerful, so powerful. Here's my prayer, that our, our worship here at Thorn Creek Church is authentic. It's unique. It's distinct. It's real. And when people come to this church, they can sense the spirit of God and our worship is contagious and all of a sudden their problems kind of go away and they look at God and they say, God, I love you, I worship you, I'm not sure what's happening in this place, but I can sense your presence. My prayer is the worship here at Thorn Creek Church just goes to another level and another level and another level as we walk with God. Are you guys with me on that? It's so important that we do that. It's so unique. You can't get this at, uh, you know, Dave and Buster's. You can't get this at a movie theater or at King's Supers or at Costco or REI. REI used to be up here. But anyway, you can't get that. This is something unique where we get to come together and worship God. Today's message title is titled, Praising God Even Though. Praising God Even Though. Have you ever had one of those even though moments? You know what I'm talking about? It's, these are the moments where life circumstances don't match up to your theology. It's like, why is this happening in my life right now? I'm going to church, or I'm turning to God, and, or I'm a Christian, or, or I'm a pastor, or whatever it is. Life circumstances don't match up to the God you believe, the God who loves, the God who provides, the God who protects. And whatever reason it is, you, you go through these times in life, these seasons where you, you're at this intersection and you have to decide, am I going to praise God even though? Am I going to continue to seek God even though? Am I going to continue to read my Bible even though? What's your even though look like? Maybe something has happened in your life or maybe it's been a long time since you've heard him. Maybe it's been a long time since you've felt his presence. Maybe you're discouraged or hurt or in pain or you've gone through a hard time or you're facing a giant right now in your life or you're afraid, whatever it is. What's your even though, what does it look like? The Israelites, they spent 70 years in exile. For whatever reason, I keep putting the Israelites on this side of the stage when they were in exile. So this is the Babylon. Let's just make it official. This is Babylon right here. And for 70 years, they're in this place. We have this Bible timeline to help you understand kind of where everything's at. And um, you can see creation, and it goes all the way to that little suitcase there called exile. And the, 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 the pattern of the, or, or the, the timeline of the events, rather. And, uh, and right there at exile, this is the time when there's two, actually two exiles, one with Assyria and one with Babylon. Um, but the one we're looking at is when Judah exiled to Babylon, and that's, that's the southern kingdom, and, and they were exiled at 586 BC. And while they're in Babylon, they have time, 70 years to think about their decisions, 70 years to think about what they did wrong, 70 years to think about their opportunities, their missed opportunities, um, you know, what they had until they lost it. You know, 70 years they're thinking about this. And then while they're in there, there, there is a God who sees them. There's a God who doesn't give up on them. And after a certain amount of time, God stirs the heart of this king named Cyrus, and God allows them to go back to Jerusalem, 
to build this temple. It's really interesting because uh, when, when, when Persia, this is now Persia, this is King Cyrus took over Nebuchadnezzar, which is Babylon, and now it becomes Persia. But while they're there in Persia, you, you should know this, um, there is a, a, a belief they had there called Zoroastrianism, Zoroastrianism. And it's an ancient pre-Islamic Persian religion. It involved two gods, one good and one evil. All the other gods were arranged under either a good god or an evil god in Persia during this time. So the story goes like this. King Cyrus believed that God, Yahweh, was one of the good gods. And you know how he believed that? One night he was sleeping and he had a vision while he was at night. Have you ever had a vision at night? He was sleeping at night and he believes Yahweh visited him while he was sleeping and told him, I want you to build a temple in Jerusalem and let my people go. So he tells everyone, I had this vision, and that's what stirred his heart. That's why King Cyrus says, okay, these Israelites have to go because, you know, someone visited me at night, and I believe it was Yahweh, their God. I believe he's a good God, not one of the evil gods. So King Cyrus was visited by an angel, maybe God himself, stirred his heart, and then all of a sudden the Israelites start heading, heading back home. And they're going back home to build this temple, to build the church. That's their priority. But their worship is different. Their worship is different. You know, there was a day when I would go to church and I was always just looking at my watch wondering when it was going to end. You know what I'm talking about? I'd go to church and I'd hear a message and it was a little bit different from the type of preaching I do now. But I'd hear a message and all I thought about is when is this thing going to end? It was not personal. I was not emotionally engaged. I was just there, but I wasn't there. You know, you can be like that at church. You could be there and not there. Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8 and chapter 9 is about worship to God. And you get a slice of what their worship looks like in Jerusalem. It's just different. I believe it's different from when they, when they used to be there and they got exiled. And when they came back, they're just different. Anybody else feel like that? You've been at a stay away or stay at home order and it's been a long time and you come back to church and you just feel like your worship is different? Anybody feel that? Or you're like, I just, I just feel, I feel different. There's something, that's something that has happened in the last 70 years. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse one. All the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. So on October 8, Ezra, the priest, brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. Glory to God. He faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. Ezra, the scribe, stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. To his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, 
Hilkiah and Messiah. To his left stood Pedadiah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hasham, Hashbanada, Zechariah, and Meshalam. Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. See, you're, you're standing in respect to the word of the Lord. You're standing because God's word deserves your respect and we honor it. Stay in your feet. Stay in your feet, church. Uh, on a, and listen to this. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen. One more time. Amen. As they lifted their hands, then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Look what happens in chapter 9. I know some of you are thinking, I can't get down that low right now. <laughs> on October 31, October 31, the people assembled again, and this time they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sins and the sins of their ancestors. Wow. They separated themselves from all foreigners. The foreign women, the foreign men, they said, you know what, it's not pleasing to God. We're a holy race. We, we can't be together anymore. They remained standing in place for how long, church? For three hours. What time is it right now? We got a little bit of time, I think. For three hours. I hope everybody on video is watching Standing Up too. I hope so. Three hours while the book of the law of the Lord their God was read aloud to them. Standing on their feet for three hours while the word of the Lord was read to them. Then for three more hours they confessed their sin and worshipped the Lord their God. Wow. You feeling it? Three hours. Three hours standing listening to the word of God, three hours confessing your sin and worshiping your God. God bless you guys. You can have a seat now. Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> I want you to remember something. They spent 70 years in exile. You know, there's some Israelites that said, you know what? Babylon is not that bad. There's some Jews said, I'm just going to stay in Babylon instead of going back to this place called Jerusalem and the promised land. I'm kind of happy with my life here. I don't need anything else. And those people missed out on the blessings of God. They missed out on God's purpose for their life. They missed out. But I want you to remember something. These Israelites spent 70 years in exile, and they're coming back, and they're determined to be different. 
They're not going to play church anymore. They're not going to play games anymore. They're not going to play a Christian, so to speak, anymore. They're coming back with a new purpose. Sometimes we have to go through really hard times for God to get our attention, don't we? Some of us are just so stubborn, we will not change our ways until we find ourselves behind bars or without everything and lose everything or, you know, we're about to lose our life. And then we say, maybe it's time to turn to God. Don't wait for that. It's a foolish purpose. person. Don't do that. Augustine of Hippo said this, you never go away from us. He's talking about God. You never go away from us, yet we have difficulty in returning to you. Come, Lord, stir us up and call us back. Kindle and seize us. Be our fire and our sweetness. Let us love, let us run. Isn't that beautiful? I love his word, such a wordsmith. I kindle and seize us. Some of you, you just need to run back to God. You just need to run to God because the road you're on is a road to hell. The road you're on is a road to destruction and pain and hurt. You just need to run back to God right now. And some of you are like, I don't know if I want to. My next prayer is, God, would you kindle their hearts? Would you seize them, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ? Be our fire and our sweetness. That's God. He's our fire and he's our sweetness, isn't he? He's the one who we, we bow before because he, he's a holy God. He's the fire, the burning bush. He's everything. And he's the one in Revelation that we read about with flames. And he's that one, but he's also our sweetness. He's the one that we live with every day and we hear him. And there's nothing sweeter than walking with Jesus. Nothing sweeter at all. Run back to God. In the book of Psalm, you see even though moments all over the book of Psalm, all over. And I'm so grateful for the book of Psalm. If you go through hard times, you just need to spend some time reading the book of Psalms. If you go, I mean, just that's, you know, one moment the psalmist says in chapter 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Psalm chapter 42, he says, why have you forgotten me? In Psalm chapter 13, he says, how long will you hide your face from me? You ever feel that? God, where are you at? Why have you forgotten me? Why have you left me, God? And then in the same same book, in Psalm chapter 22, he says, you are my strength. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. But I trust in your unfailing love. Been there before? Even though, even though, but I put my trust in him. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down believing in my God. I'm going to go down trusting in him. I'm going to go down with my faith in my creator. I'm going to go down believing in the Jesus Christ that's described here in the Bible. I'm going to go down with my faith in the God of Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the God of David. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down that way. Even though, even though, even though, I think of Job. Job lost everything, and you think he had an even though moment? He lost everything, and he said, you know, even though I lost my kids, and even though I lost my business, and even though I lost all of my livestock, and even though I'm covered with sores, and even though I'm in pain every day, even though I will not curse my God. I will not curse my God. I'm not going to do it. 
Chapter eight, verse one said this, all the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. The book of law of Moses, we're talking about the, what's known as the Pentateuch or the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And that's, what, that's what's read. That's what Ezra reads. For how many hours did he read that? Do you remember that? Three hours reading the word of God. I just have a feeling that if anybody had to go like to the bathroom or something, they were struck by lightning or something. I don't know. I just, it's just like an incredible sacred moment. And, and that's what they're reading. And, and, and there's something about, there's this unified purpose. You know, God's word brings people together. Jesus brings people together. Jesus brings marriages together. Jesus brings friends together. Jesus brings opposing parties together. Because there's something about Jesus. There's something coming to, about coming to an awareness of my sins and, and seeking God out. There's something about that. And then verse three says this, he faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning, early morning until noon, literally from the light. That's what early morning means, literally from the light the light. What time does the day, the sun come up right now? I don't know, six something, or I don't know, maybe five something. Um, early morning from the light. That's when they start. He, he, that's when he's there. And allow, he reads it aloud to everyone who could understand the book of the law for some six hours. John Ortberg said this about worship. He said, I need to worship because if I can forget that I have a big God beside me and live in fear, I need to worship because without it, excuse me, I need to read that better. I need, to, I need to worship because without it, I can forget that I have a big God beside me and live in fear. I need to worship because without it, I can forget his calling and begin to live in a spirit of self-preoccupation. I need to worship because without it, I lose a sense of wonder and gratitude and plod through life with blinders on. I need worship because my natural tendency is towards self-reliance and stubborn independence. Hello. Mm-hmm. Is this reaching anyone right now? Just smile or something. Shout out amen or something so I know it's, it's coming close. Wow. Why do you need to worship? I need to worship for all those reasons. I need to worship for all those reasons. In fact, when I don't worship, you know what I discover? I become self-centered. I start worshiping myself. It's more about my wants and my desires. I don't have a God perspective. I don't have a heaven perspective. But when I worship God, I'm constantly reminded of how big God is and how small I am. I'm constantly reminded that we have this great God, amazing God, the God of miracles, the God from the beginning to the end. He's everything. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse six, the first part said this, then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, amen, amen, as they lifted their hands. You can just see them just like, amen, amen. In fact, that word amen, you know what it means in the literal Hebrew? It means this, so be it. So be it. 
As Ezra is reading the, the, the word, they're, they're standing before the word and they're saying, so be it, so be it. I'm right here, I'm right here, bro. <laughs> I'm right with you, so be it. I'm with you, so be it. I agree, I agree, so be it. And saying it twice is incredibly significant. It's reinforcing that. It's not once, it's like verily, verily. This is amen, amen. Same thing, so be it, so be it, God. I am with you, amen, amen. I like it when I talk to uh, Johnny who attends this church. He's always saying amen to me. I said, Johnny, you wanna go to Chick-fil-A? He goes, amen, brother. That's what he says. He just uses amen all the time. I said, Johnny, how are you doing? Amen, all right, let's go, I love it. It's a biblical word, amen. But the second part of that verse said this. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the what? To the... This is so significant. They bowed down and worshiped with their face to the ground. Now, the bowing of the head here... <laughs> This is, this is something that's been passed on for, for, I mean, long time, this bowing of the head. And they're kneeling down. I want to show you, this is what exactly, what this is what Hebrew scholars have said, this is what it looks like right here. And they get in this position right here where they're bowing down. And they're not up here like this. They bow down and they put their head to the ground. And they get in this curved position like this and put their face to the ground. And they worship God like this. Ultimate surrender to God. Totally extended. And their back is arched down like this, looking like a bow. And the idea behind this is, God, you deserve all my worship. And it's a place of pain for some people. It's a place that God wants you to be. It's a place of worship for, to God. And God, I worship you. You're my everything. I need your grace and your mercy and your love. And the thing about this position right here that they believed was someone who wasn't really walking with God, someone who was just faking it, could not be in that position. You hear me? Someone who was just faking it, someone who really didn't worship God, they would not get in this position because it's so humbling for them. They wouldn't do it. You see it in the story with this leper in Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. The scripture says, a man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And this scripture says, what did he do? He came and what did he do? He knelt, right? He knelt. But you see it in the same story in Luke chapter 5. It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along with, who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So this leper does something else. This guy's worshiping Jesus. He doesn't even know Jesus. But here, Scripture says in Matthew, knelt knelt down. But in Luke, he prostrates himself. He's like this. Jesus, make me clean. If you're willing, make me clean, God. Total surrender. Total surrender to God. That position right there, we get to that position when the bottom falls out, right? When the bottom falls out of our life. 
And we say, God, I need you to save me. I need you to save my marriage. I need you to deliver me from this addiction. I need you to save me from this bottle. I made a mess of my life. They were in exile for 70 years. They're coming back and their worship is just different. It's just different. They have a new desire, a new desire to know God. Hmm. I like what this one rabbi said. He said it was the Jewish custom to bend the body so that every joint of the backbone became incurvated. In other words, curved inward. And the head was bent towards the knees so that the body resembled a bow. And prostration implied laying the body flat upon the earth, the arms and legs extended to the uttermost, the mouth and forehead touching the ground. Someone said this, worship is an incredible privilege, not a religious duty. It's an incredible privilege. We get to worship God. Glory to God. You get to stand up and worship God. Do you know there's some people who've lost the use of their legs that would love to stand up and worship God. There's some people who've lost one arm or two and they can't do this anymore. There's some people that can't even use their mouth anymore and worship God, but they would love to sing. And I know the Lord sees the heart. The Lord sees all that. There's no question about that. But we have an incredible privilege. We get to come to church and you could come early and we can worship our God. We get to come early and say, God, I worship you. You're my life. I love you, God. You get to come early to worship the God who gives you breath. The God who sees everything. The God who sees everything. In Seneca Chronicles, you read about the time when Solomon prayed. And it says, when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord fills the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord was filled it, had filled it. And then look at this, verse 3. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good, His faithful love endures forever. Praising God because He is good, His faithful love endures forever. I love it when I see people worship God freely in this church. You know what I'm talking about? There's certain people that say, I don't give a rip what you think. I'm going to worship my God. I know I can't sing. I can't carry a tune, but I'm going to worship my God. You know those people? I love seeing them worship God. You know what, you know what that looks like? <sighs> it's beautiful. I like what this Bible scholar said. He said, worship is the proper response of all moral, sentient beings to God, ascribing all honor and worth to their creator, God precisely because he is worthy, delightfully so. We read this last week in Ezra chapter three. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, he is good, his love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Hmm. You know, when we, were, when we had um, stopped services and postponed them for, I think it was close to three months, and we had the stay-at-home order, I, had, I was watching services on my laptop. Sometimes we'd see it on our TV. We'd connect it with a cable. And uh, maybe that's how you're watching it right now. But I'm just going to be honest with you. Most of the time, it was way easier to sit and watch. You know what I'm talking about? 
It was way easier to sit and watch. But I remember the day that it was like a Sunday morning and, and, uh, and most of the house was sleeping. <laughs> we are close to nine o'clock and the service started. And I stood up in front of my coffee table and I, I, I just did this. I worshiped God right in front of my coffee table. And this felt different than sitting down. You know what I'm talking about? This felt, this is a place of surrender, right? This right here, this is what we do when we're in trouble with, you know, with the law, so to speak. We say, I, I surrender. This is a place right here we say, God, I surrender. I worship you, God. I worship you. A.W. Tozer said it like this, if you're not worshiping God on Monday, the way you did the day before, <laughs> perhaps you're not worshiping him at all. See, your praise to God tells him how grateful you are. Your praise to God tells him how much you need him. Your praise to God. If you've ever seen someone just praise God hard, it's because they know where they came from. They know how much he's forgiven. They know what their life could have looked like. They know that God saved him from the depths of the miry clay. They know it, so they worship hard. Because him who much is forgiven loves much also. That's the woman who was you know, cleaning up the feet of Jesus. Jesus said, her sins, which are many, which are many, have been forgiven. When your worship to God tells him, God, I need you. I love you. I need you, God. And it's worshiping him hard. Even though... See, this is our opportunity to worship even though. In heaven, in heaven, you won't have back problems anymore. You feel free to say amen. You won't have allergies anymore. There won't be any aches and pains in heaven. No migraine headaches anymore. Amen, right? No, no cuts and bruises. No cancer anymore. No crutches. No wheelchairs. No back braces. No walkers. No hospitals. No diabetes. No heart problems. No mental illness. No COVID-19. <laughs> amen. All of that. But here's the truth. On this side of heaven, life can be tough. We could have even though moments on this side of heaven where we say, God, I was hurt. What do I do? God, I'm going through this. What do I do? One of my heroes, I'm just going to tell you who it is. He's a friend of mine, Pastor John Miller. He lives in Oahu. And this is when Grace and I go over there. I, I speak at his church. And, and, and this guy, uh, he's a hero. His church only runs about 15 people. But you know why he's my hero? Because he's faithfully serving God. And Peter, who, who's there, <coughs> he's, actually, he's actually much older than what he looks like. Right there, he's probably close to 19 years old. He, he has to wear diapers. He has this condition. It, it's a, they don't even know what, what, what it is accurately, but it affects his development. And he was born with his cranium just not normal and he's been in a wheelchair his entire life they have to carry him to go to the bathroom they have to they have to change his diaper they, they have to be with him they have to help him eat he eats with with liquid and 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 he's had 17 surgeries and 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 this is this is his life he wasn't supposed to live past the age of three and in the midst of this pastor john miller faithfully preaches to a crowd every week. 
He has a very successful Celebrate Recovery program for people who are going through addictions every Friday night, and he faithfully serves. Do you know what it's like to pour yourself out over and over and over for God and for the kingdom when under your own roof you're thinking, why God, why me? This doesn't make sense. I'm one of the good guys. Even though. So when I see him, I don't know what that's like. By the grace of God, we're physically relatively healthy. I don't know what that's like. And we have to get past this idea. We have to get past this idea that walking with God means I'm always going to be happy or there's never going to be problems because you're going to have even though moments. And the one that's looking at you is the one that wants all of you and you live for that applause and you say, I'm going to love, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to serve even though. I'm going to church even though. I'm going to worship even though. Because he deserves all of my praise. It's just who he is. He deserves everything. The prophet Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets, one of the 12 minor prophets. And he spoke in between the exiles. Right before the Babylonian, Babylonian exile, he spoke. And here's what he says in Habakkuk chapter 3. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet, 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 I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Even though, even though the fig tree has no blossoms, even though there are no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails, even though the flocks die in the fields, even though the barn is empty, even though that prayer hasn't been answered, even though my job is in jeopardy, even though I have problems right now, even though I'm caught up in drama, even though I'm empty, even though I have little, even though I have much, even though I'm in the valley or on the mountaintop, even though there's fear all over the land, even though there's worry and there's stress, even though I have COVID-19, I will worship my God. I will worship. Did I lose you with COVID-19? Even though I have COVID-19, I will worship my God. Oh, somebody got it. Is that, is that, did I just go too far? Let me say that again. Even though I have COVID-19, I'm not announcing anything. Don't get afraid. Even though I worship my God. You hear what I'm saying? Even though I'm going to worship my God, I'm going to praise him. Some of you just have a little bit of fear in you. You got really quiet when I said that. Oh my goodness. Even though in sickness and in health, I'm going to worship my God because it's who he is. And my life is in his hands. I tell my, my mother-in-law, Mama Sanchez, all the time, don't be afraid. We're just passing through. All of us are passing through. And she says, I understand. Just stay away from me. And I said, all right. <laughs> Even though... 
Psalm 134 says this, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. It's biblical. It pleases God when you lift your hands in the sanctuary and you praise the Lord. Psalm 63 says, I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. First Thessalonians says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And look at this, 1 Timothy chapter 2 says this, therefore I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. Lifting up holy hands. We're going to do something, guys. Lord has just put this on my heart. Out of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14. You can look it up. But that word right there tells us that we need to turn from our wicked ways, seek his face, and he will hear our prayers and heal our land. So beginning this Tuesday, we're going to have open prayer time for two hours from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. every Tuesday. Pastor Jeremy's going to give a small devotion during that time. And then we're going to, you can come in at any time. It's like an open house for prayer. You can come in at any time. And for those of you who are online, who are really cautious and you're concerned, you can come here because there, you, know, you have between three and five, you can show up. And we need to cry out to God. We need to cry out to God. We need to cry out to God. Where are you at? Some of you, God wants all of you. Some of you, you just need to run to God. You need to run to God because you're living in this place of exile and God wants you and you need to run to God with all of your might. You just need to run to him and say, God, I need you. You need God to touch your heart because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know. You need to run to God. You don't have the time you think you have. You're not in as much control as you think you are. We're in the hands of God always been in the hands of God and you need to run to God others of you you need to turn to God and you need to get maybe you need to get in this position and you need to say God I'm, I just need I just need you Lord I just need you and God wants all of your worship and you haven't been giving him all your worship you're worshiping yourself instead of him you're worshiping your image instead of him and God wants all of your worship he wants all of you everything every part of you. Father God, we humble ourselves before you and I just pray, Lord, right now, I've done my best, Lord, to share this word and I pray, God, that you just uh, move here in a really special way. If you need to ask Jesus Christ into your heart, would you just say this? Would you say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive me for my sins. Right now, I run to you, God. Just tell him, God, I want to run to you. I want to run to you, God, right now. Others of you, maybe you need to say this, God, I'm going to give you all of my worship. I confess my sins to you. Oh, let's just confess our sins to God right now. Just tell him what you've done wrong here. He knows it. Tell him what that is. God, we confess we're sinners in need of grace. We need you. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our drunkenness. Forgive us for our pride. Forgive us for our lust. Forgive us for that porn. Forgive us for lying. Forgive us for uh, whatever it is, God. Adultery. Forgive us for, 
for homosexuality. Forgive us for whatever it is. Just tell God, forgive me. God, I pray that today, this weekend, there is a new kind of worship that is birthed at Thorn Creek Church. I pray people show up early every weekend or online and the worship is just different. I pray there's a new spirit, a new authenticity of humility and praise and passion and zeal. So have your way here, God. I pray, God, I know you're the miracle maker, miracle worker, and I pray that you just stomp out this COVID-19 virus, Lord, in the name of Jesus. But more than that, I pray that our country turns to you and humbles themselves and seeks your face. And Lord, I just feel like I need to pray for those who are deployed right now. Would you be with them and their families? We need you, God. It's an incredible honor to worship you. Holy Spirit, have your way here. Lord, bless those who are about to give. We're going to honor you with their tithes and with their offerings and worship you with their giving. It's just an extension of their heart. Would you bless them, God? It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. And the church said, and. Each year, thousands of Thorn Creek Church messages are downloaded for free. This ministry is generously supported by Thorn Creek Church members and listeners like you. If you'd like to support this ministry, please consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting thorncreek.church/give.